Rising up back on the street. Did my time, took my chances. Get out of here. Yeah, okay. Welcome to Dragon's Cast Legends Edition, where we have candid conversations with Drexel basketball alums about their experience as a dragon, their current adventures, and future endeavors. If you've been watching Drexel basketball over the last four years, the one consistent bedrock of promise and excitement has been Rodney Williams. His progression through the years really embodies the chip on the shoulder mentality of a Drexel player, fan, and the city of Philadelphia itself. He was so happy to get a chance to talk to him before he left to play overseas, and thankful as ever to him for making the time and being a dragon. Unfortunately, Nick couldn't make the recording because he fled the country once Rodney confirmed, but we start off by talking to Rodney about the big news. The biggest news, I guess, we got most recently was that we're going to Israel. So, how did you, I guess, hear about? This team, or was it sent through Sammy the entire time, or did you know about this team already in the league in Israel? Were you already interested in going there, or how did it even come about? Like, I don't even know what, what the off-season, once you graduate, process is. You know, once the season starts going, um, you have agents reach out to you. And so, you know, in the process of anything, I didn't really understand, uh, the you know, the way overseas really worked. I, you know, I talked to Franz and Darte and guys like that. Uh, but once I started playing well, my numbers started going, I was like, okay, this is a possibility for me. And then, um, coach Fortier, Paul Fortier, who we got in new this year, he played like 17 years overseas. Hmm. And so we kind of started chatting about it. And I knew that I would need to get an agent. And so once the season played out, I've had multiple people come up and, you know, most people reach out to coach. Um, but I ended up deciding on the agent, um, three I sports is based out in Minnesota. And that's kind of how everything came um, along. I didn't necessarily know about any other teams in any country, to be honest. I just uh, was letting my agent try to find me the best place in the best situations possible. Um, and so most of the countries that came up were like Spain, Italy, Germany, France, and uh, Israel came up. And uh, I really didn't want it at first, but I decided to entertain it because at the time, like, you never want to tell anybody no because you never know what you're going to get. And in Europe, you know, they don't need you. You, you kind of need them because if you don't want it, there's a thousand players that would take that spot. Uh, so I I heard it out and then they came to me and said that they were um, looking to take a veteran instead of a rookie. So I said, okay. And I started looking into other teams. Um, but then I researched it and I realized that Sammy played on that team for a couple of years. I knew the name. It sounded familiar. I let my agent know that. And they reached, he reached out to the team and said, hey, like Rodney and Sammy know each other, play for the same school. And so they came back and said, hey, well, if Sammy accepts our offer to him, we'll bring you on as a rookie because we feel more comfortable having you as a rookie and knowing, you know, there's a vet that knows you, knows you're not a troublemaker <laughs> and that help you, you know, to play well. And so uh, I ended up seeing Sammy in Philly. At, I was down in Center City. And I actually told him about what's going on. He said he heard about it. And then he would let me know. And so, obviously, Sammy ended up taking the offer they gave him. And um, they offered me this, the same day. And so I decided to take him just because based on the situation at hand, um, being, you know, in a foreign place and the change of international basketball, I wanted to have a certain situation where I can, you know, transition pretty easy and having Sammy there to tell me what to do, what not to do. Um, he's an established professional and to teach me how to be a professional. I didn't really want to pass on it. And then I had multiple people who tell me just Israel is just a beautiful place to be. 
the city's right outside of Tel Aviv, about 25 minutes. So I'll enjoy that. And so everything kind of just added up for me. And I just decided to pull the trigger on that. Nice, man. So how do you, like, how do you pronounce the team's name, by the way? Cause yeah. So, <laughs> nah, seriously, I had the same name. Um, it's called Maccabi Renata. Okay. So, Actually, you weren't yeah, that far yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. We were practicing beforehand. I think he was somewhat close. You push the, the second A, just keep it silent, and then okay. you, you can okay. pronounce it. But, mm. yeah. Renata. So, I mean, very excited to be there, and um, looking forward to being taking off on the 31st of August. I think even, like, as fans – I'd be interested in you and Sammy playing together because we've even had some debates here oh, about yeah. <laughs> like like top big men of all time on, on Drexel and like we've definitely had some discussions about that and I think like there's been a consensus of at least the players that we've seen that you and Sammy were pretty close as far as like where he would fall in like Drexel history at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I, I think especially with them, they have such like you guys have such diverse like skill set like what yeah. you do well. Sammy would complement that very well. And what Sammy does well, you would complement that very well. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, watching Sammy play these last couple of years, he's kind of transitioned into more of a small forward type of player. Mm-hmm. Um, as, I mean, I didn't see him play that much when he was here, but yeah. I know he was in the post. You know, if he was in Bruiser system, he was uh, doing certain <laughs> things that I was doing when I got there. So nothing yeah. different, but 1,000 point, 1,000 rebound guy, he was going to work. So, um, you know, to see his game transition is just something that I want as well. Um, but for what I do now, and when you first get there, you want to play to your strengths. I think we're going to complement each other very well in my first year. Hmm. Are there other big men that you know of on the team? Um, no, not necessarily. Um, I've seen some of the uh, guys that they sign over there. You can only have two Americans per team. Oh, really? League. So me and Sammy are those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, there might be another American who have a dual passport or something like that, but right. I haven't seen who they've signed yet besides the Israeli players. And um, the big men that I've seen, I really don't know much about them, but they have some young and old guys. So it's going to be a different mix, but I'm very just excited just to get out there uh, to learn what they want me to do. But from what Sammy tells me that uh, you just play to your strengths, you know, you're going to be fine. Yeah. And you said Sammy's been there a few years. Did he say anything about how is it is it operate similar to like I guess uh, a second league and a first league teams that are in like soccer where you play out of the second league to go to the first league or yeah. So um, Renana is in the national league, which is the second division. The first division is the winners league. Okay, um, and so you know they actually won the regular season last year. Uh, what happens is when you win the regular season, you go to your tournament specifically for that division. And the top two teams from that division move up for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And so, um, unfortunately, they lost in the quarterfinals of their tournament. Mm-hmm. But if they would have won, they would have moved up to the winner's league, uh, the top two teams. And then the bottom two teams in the winner league moved down to the national league. So, in most countries, that's how it works, mm-hmm. where the top two move up, bottom two and the top move down. Um, and so... You know, with them winning the regular season last year and having, you know, that one series in the quarterfinals where you couldn't get past, I'm hoping I can help fill that void and somehow and hopefully move up uh, in the playoffs to that top league just to show I can play with those guys as well. How many teams are in each of those leagues, the winners and the national? Uh, in the national, I believe there's 14 teams. Um, in the winners league, I believe it goes up to 20. Two of those teams play in the Euro League, so they travel oh, okay. as well to everywhere. Um, me specifically in this uh, national division, we'll only play within Israel. Mm. 
Um, and there's a bunch of different cities. So, you know, each city has a team. Um, so this first year is just more of a, I'm going to use it as a learning experience because I know, and I felt with my numbers and the way that things are going for me, I would have, you know, been more of a high, highly regarded player. But, you know, your situation, you know, your wins and losses, all that stuff matters. Um, so I'm really betting on myself this year. Um, I'm going to a situation where I think and I know I can produce. And I just kind of want to use this as a trampoline for my career and just to prove to people that um, I'm this player that they, you know, don't know about. So yeah. uh, it's kind of like a, the same thing I feel like I did in high school where uh, I transferred schools, reclassified, went to private school and kind of bet on myself when I didn't have scholarships. Mm-hmm. Ended up getting a lot and playing well in college. So I'm kind of in the same position where you just got to, you know, prove yourself and that's one of the things that I can control, and so I'm very happy about that and just excited, to be honest. Well, um, I know the season ended a while ago now, and you've been kind of, not in limbo, but you haven't really mm-hmm. been playing basketball too much. So what has the training process been like between now and then? What have you been working on in your game? Yeah, so um, I wanted after graduation, I wanted to stay in Philly just to work out and use the facilities and to work out with Coach Fortier as well. Um, so I ended up actually getting a job, and I – also want to get some business experience because I'm that type of guy and I what a basketball I get over there I don't like it you never know so mm-hmm. I'm actually working marketing at a pharmaceutical company hmm. for one of our um, former players father Chandler uh, Frazier Pauls he was here last year uh, he walked on um, and so I do that and then after work every day I just go to the gym for about three four hours and my training has really just been you know strength uh, and conditioning with ranking um, the same way I was doing it before and also just working on my game as far as offensively being able to shoot the three um, and shoot off the move and, and you know, a couple of dribbles to the rim. Uh, in Europe, they want the four men to be able to shoot the three. So yeah. I really wasn't even allowed to shoot the ball until, <laughs> until this last year. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, I improved this year. Actually, you know, I stretched out to 15 feet and yeah. ended up, you know, shooting over 50%. So that next step for me would be, to be that three-point shooter, that three-point threat, uh, to open up the spacing of the game because that's kind of, as everybody can see, that's kind of where the game's going. Yeah. Um, and so I've been putting a lot of work in on that um, and also just like, you know, working on ball handling and different things because I want to be that stretch four. Uh, we're more so like a Draymond Green type where I can handle the ball, pass, you know, continue to play defense like I've always had. Yeah. Um, Without the flagrance. Yeah. <laughs> you know, more of an offensive threat from the three-point line. So yeah. that's kind of what I've been working on um, this whole summer. And I'm sure it's going to translate once I get over there. Was that something you were always itching to do uh, in those first yeah. three years was stretch the stretch <laughs> I mean, the offense a little bit? Definitely, definitely. Uh, and honestly, uh, maybe I could have put more work in it, work to it uh, once while I was playing. But I kind of maybe over, you know, so came to the – Thing where Brew was like, you know, this is what we run, run it, and mm-hmm. you know, this is what you do. So I kind of maybe I just didn't work hard enough to get it out there. But Spiker's more of a offensively minded coach, as everybody mm-hmm. can see. We scored a lot more points this year, and kind of encouraged me in the summer to work on my game and work on my shot. And so that's kind of what I did. I got down the two pointer uh, pretty well, but the three I just didn't. Maybe I didn't. I needed more reps, and it's hard mm-hmm. to just go from never shooting. 
threes or anything like that to oh, just yeah. doing it. I remember the first game of the year we played Monmouth. I hit the first three. I was one for one. I was, I like, <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. yeah. Since a new player, look who's here. And I ended up shooting four in the game. The coach was like, and I went one for uh, one for three, one for four, whatever. He was like, why'd you do that? You got to protect your percentage. I was like, I don't know. That was the first time I was ever allowed to do that. And it went you got in. addicted. Um, but yeah, so uh, I was challenged to work on my shooting this past summer before the season. Did so, shot pretty well from the two, but want to shoot better from the three just from my career so I can mm-hmm. play longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's the goal right now. I mean, I think we've seen a couple players. I kind of follow a lot of our players when they go overseas and uh, like battle. I know for sure, like, same thing with Bruiser. I mean, you get into the basket and you're playing in the post. I mean, he's not letting mm-hmm. this big man shoot too well. Oh, yeah. But after they go out, like Battle can shoot from the outside a little bit. I haven't followed Frank too much. But well, I remember like even Sammy's been developed into more of a three, which makes sense for him since he's like six five. So I remember even playing just like pickup with Kenny, and Kenny Tribbett would shoot the three ball well. <laughs> and it's like, why not unleash that during a game? Like, just give it a chance. Because if, if it doesn't go in, you're coming out of the game. <laughs> you're gonna hear somebody stomping their feet. Um, I was actually thinking when you launched that shot, I was like, Bruiser would not have liked that. No, never. He always, I, you know, I talked to him and he texted me. He's like, you're crazy. It's <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm just taking my shot. But, uh, yeah, you see that, guys. I mean, you play within the scheme you're in and you know what, what you're going into. So when you decide to play in that scheme, you want to listen to the coach so you can be successful. Um, and so with Spiker, it was just totally different. With Brew, I knew what I was doing. Yeah. Um, and got me, you know, the shots that I needed. So, uh, but when guys go out to the international game, it's kind of, you have to, like, yeah. you need, it's not, you know, it, it makes your career go longer. And so you see even Chaz Crawford, I, when I work out with Chaz, Chaz shoots threes, but Bounce shoots threes. I haven't, I've never even met Frank, but I know he shoots threes. And, mm. uh, and that's kind of how you make your money as well. Yeah. So, you know, once you kind of grow up out of the system of college and become a professional and you have to work on your game and you have, you don't have to go to class. You don't have to be here and be there. You just have all day to work in your game. Guys kind of develop uh, whatever skills that they didn't have before. Do you think a lot of Spiker doing that was his system, but also him knowing that that would benefit you in your career after college? Yeah, a little bit of both. Um, definitely the system. Um, the way he wants things to run is kind of like Elon. If you watch us play Elon, they mm-hmm. have a trailing big who shoots threes. And that's kind of how he wants to play. And so he inherited players that didn't shoot. So mm-hmm. obviously there was – it wasn't as easy this year for him putting in his system because uh, I didn't – I mean, I didn't shoot threes. Uh, but that's kind of what he wants to do. So he kind of tries to – he's putting it out there now. I just happen to be a one-year guy. But mm-hmm. all the guys have been working on that, and hopefully they get better at that. Got some new guys coming in that will be able to to knock that shot down. So yeah. um, that's what he wants from his offense. That's part of the the playing fast method that he has. Um, and just unfortunate that I was the one-year guy <laughs> that never shot threes that wanted to do it this year. But guys have been working on that, and the offense is going to look way more like that, a lot more three-point shots, a lot more uh, space in the floor rather than being in the paint. I mean, I think it's still – the system looked like it was still beneficial for your game in general. I mean, I think you made – kind of a big leap from junior year to senior year. Like, what was the key to that? Was it just the new system? Was it more additions to your game? Yeah, no, I mean, I spent all last summer. I didn't go home. Um, when guys get home, I just stayed here. I started working my game because I figured I might have a shot playing after. So I stayed here. Me and Muhammad just stayed here and worked out. And obviously I got better, but the system that – the offensive system that we were in um, – 
it was gave me a lot of space. Um, guys were spaced out, shooters everywhere. So when I get double team, I can kick it out. But it wasn't so as you know, a couple years ago when I'm playing. Yeah, there's a dribble handoff in the lane, and it's kind of made. It wasn't made for big men. It's more more so made for guards coming off wings like Dame getting mm-hmm. all those points. And so this kind of offense kind of spread it out for me and just kind of let me go to work. And so early in the season, I was, you know, doing really well in 20s almost a lot of time. And then guys started realizing and started doubling down. And But the spacing where I was able to pass and get guys open shots. So it was definitely, it was definitely like a change um, for us and for me. But as everybody can see, it kind of helped my game because the spacing of everything and not having another big on the block but having my own way on my side and get to my shot, it was just, um, it just helped me to become a better offensive player. And obviously me changing and being able to shoot from outside a little bit helped that as well. So you mentioned a little bit about, uh, I guess, the future of Drexel and uh, there's going to be a lot more shooting. Have you been watching a lot of practice? I know Major Major and Elgin told us that, I guess, a little bit about the guys that were incoming. What's your impression if you've gotten a chance? Yeah, to it's funny. I, it's there's so much talent on this team. It's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, and it's very guard heavy. Mm-hmm. I mean, before we've always had injuries, but we usually down to like six bigs and three guards. And <laughs> I remember one day in practice where we actually, Dames last year, when he got hurt and um, not when he got towards ACL, we got hurt again, broke his thumb. Mm-hmm. Sammy mm-hmm. got hurt right before the tournament. And we were down to like seven players and we be, we were practicing for William and Mary and we practiced having three bigs out there. That's how bad it was. <laughs> I remember that. Um, Bruiser would only do that if it was necessary. Yeah. And so <laughs> this year is different where there's more, there's more guards and, uh, what the newcomers are going to really help this team a lot. Tremaine, Isabel is, is very, very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say offensively, he's probably the best player on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, could probably score 20 in his sleep. So it's going to be up to him what he wants to do. And, and obviously he's been off for a year, so it's not going to be Kate. It's easy to play pickup basketball. When you got to get in the system, it's a little different. Yeah. But he's very talented. Uh, Troy Harper is very talented. Scored almost like 14 a game at Campbell. So he's not um, an inexperienced player. And then uh, Kirk had an amazing season. He's almost scored 500 points as a freshman. So that doesn't happen at all. Um, Iceland, Kari, he did pretty well. Uh, Sammy's looking to take a step forward for his senior year. Austin, you know, had a coming out party a little bit and mm-hmm. he's been in the gym, um, all summer. I've been working out with him, staying on him. And then this, you, this kid Jarvis coming in. Yeah. He's pretty going to much, pretty take my spot as a four. Um, can really shoot the ball, can really score and he has tough. He's from Baltimore, so he plays really tough. And so there's just a lot of talent. It's, it's just, it's funny this year. I, and I told him you got Miles. Miles is playing. He started playing better towards the end. And so guys are going to, you know, want to take that step forward, want to be better. There's a, there's a drive. I can tell there's a, a chip on the shoulder of trying to get better, trying to get back to that place where we were. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just all about what guys decided to do as far as, you know, playing defense for me. Um, the team's really good. There's a lot of talent, but you have to play defense. And I think that's come some of the problems that we ran into. And if you look at the coaching, it was just – it went from straight defensive coach to an offensive <laughs> coach. And you can tell, you know, we scored like 70, 80 a game. The other team scored 90. The other team used to score like 50 or 60. Yeah. And so they – you know, there's been a year. Everybody's had a year under their belt. 
have to learn each other. And um, I think that this team is going going to come down to defense because the offensive talent is there. It's even better than it was last year. And and guys aren't freshmen anymore. Kirk's not a freshman anymore, things like that. So um, I'm expecting them to be pretty good as long as they play defense and kind of learn each other and, you know, see where whose ego is where and kind of blend that together. But also that's on Coach Spiker, which I think that him and staff can definitely do. I feel like through all the Bruiser years, we knew he was defensive first, but we kind of understood his offensive scheme. It's like, okay, you got a point guard who can distribute. Mm -hmm. As long as you have a two guard who can shoot and a big man who can do that inside-outside game, the offense will work to the point that it needs to. I don't know if I, after year one of Spiker, fully understand his defensive scheme. Yeah, um, it's uh, it's definitely a 360 of bruise. And even when we're trying to learn exactly the uh, the rotations and different things he wants us to do, it was just difficult because you have habits. And, um, you know, he inherited a team of this is the way we do it. And when we did it, we did it this way because Brew was kind of particular about how he wanted his defense. Mm-hmm. And so trying to break those habits, and that's kind of why sometimes they look like they're major miscommunications because you're fighting those old habits and trying to do something new. Um, but this whole summer, they've been working on the way he wants to play defense. And mm-hmm. so it'll hopefully it should be more clear for the fans, for, for the team, to be honest, because you have more time to prepare. Mm-hmm. Uh, even when Coach Sparker accepted the job, there's just – I mean, it's not like he was there day one. You know, he had to find a house for his family and, <laughs> and just anything like that. So there wasn't as much time to learn everything. It was easy to learn the offense because we haven't been able to score like that in a long time. So it's exciting to, hey, we finally scoring the ball. Um, but maybe we lost the defensive fire that we're supposed to have, or maybe we didn't have the attention to detail that we need to have to learn something new. And so this year, there's no excuses for anybody because you've had a year, you've had a whole summer to work on this, uh, the way he wants to play it, uh, the different schemes that he wants to run. And now it's just all about executing and, you know, knowing what to do but it's definitely a different style you can you can tell that um from the way we played it is it easier to make that change when you're going from high school to college versus when you're in college and the coach changes yeah um i definitely think it's it's always easier to you know when you come to college all those habits are gone coach finds a way to break you down to build you back up again but when you've already been built and you're, you know, you're older and, you know, you're, you're 21, 22. It's kind of, it's kind of hard to just change everything on the fly. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's where I said that the, the time comes in, um, having the time to do things. And, uh, these guys definitely have had the time, um, since, you know, spring and summer. And so now there's just, I just view it as no excuse. You know, you have to guard your man. You have to be able to guard your man. When you have teams like, you know, William and Mary who, you know, run different things the way they do the Princeton offense. And you have teams like UNC Wilmington, they just don't run anything. They just take you one-on-one. <laughs> it's just all about, you know, playing together, but, you know, doing what you're taught. And so when you're, like I said, this year we're just fighting habits of new and old. And, you know, it did mix because some guys are doing new. Maybe Kirk's doing the new because it's what he learned. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm doing the old because this is what I know. <laughs> and so, uh, the times time will heal all things, and I think that uh, this season that these guys should be sharper on defense. It may not be you know holding people to the fifties and sixties because I don't I don't necessarily know if that's this coaching staff's type of mo like it was bruised, but 
it should be way, way better than it was. And there should be a lot less miscommunications uh, on the defensive end. What's kind of the team's expectations going into this year? Was there any, like, I know we've had some rough seasons the last couple of years, a lot of injuries. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so what was, like, your expectation coming into the season? Were you, did you think we, like, didn't quite meet your expectations? Or was it just new coach? It was so hard to tell. Yeah, I mean, I expected to go worse at first. That's just how it was, and that's kind of how I've always operated. Um, and, you know, but I didn't want to – didn't want to overshoot things. I know that it's going to be a transition. It's always hard for players on a coaching change their last year. Um, so the thing I wanted to do was just try to be the best example as possible. But, uh, I mean, it was tough. It was, it was probably harder than I thought it was going to be. Uh, me and Coach Spiker are probably butt heads, probably the most out of anybody, just because he wants me to be the best leader as possible. And he wants me, and I have to be able to know what he likes to lead these guys. And I didn't know him as much as I knew Bruce. So it's kind of, it was kind of difficult for me. But, um, you know, expectation wise, I think that we, we did some good things. And you know, there's a lot of games you wish you could have back. You know, you wish you could have back Hofstra. You wish you could have back Northeastern at home. It's just a lot of things you wish you could have back that you know, okay, I mean, I got better, but I just didn't execute. So, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll view it as a positive thing um, for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, I played better than I ever played before, to be honest. Um, two, uh, I see guys happy uh, with what's going on. And so I see that there's hope for them not to just be frustrated. We've been losing, we've been losing, but they see the light on the other side. Um, I remember early in the preseason games where we did okay, like we were 500. Um, guys just kind of has some life back in them. And that's what I like to see. And probably something that I really haven't seen since, uh, I was with Franz. And I think it was, it was different, you know, this whole, like, the hardship has been different because when we had Franz, when I was coming in, we had Franz, we had Fouch, we had Dame, we had Darte. It's just like, you know, we had senior leadership. We had anything that we could ask for. And I was just the freshman that just listened. So it was easy. But ever since then, I've had freshman point guard every single year. Mm-hmm. Uh, which no, I was, didn't think about that. Which yeah. was difficult um, to try. And partly because after Franz and them left, it was kind of the leadership wasn't as there as, as it could be because Dame is trying to work his knee back. So he's focused on rehab. And I'm the young guy. I mean, I played well my freshman year. And Bruce, like, take a step forward to be a leader. But, I mean, I'm trying to find my way as well. So, it, it, you know, it's been different, but I think that there's light on the other side of the tunnel. And um, Coach Sparker is very enthusiastic, high energy. Um, he's been able to galvanize the troops um, pretty well from, from what I've seen. And them having that hope and knowing that it's got better, that we did better than we did before. There was miscues where we could have been 500 if we would have executed. I think this year they're going to take it take it up to another level and just believing in themselves and knowing that we did some good things last year and all we have to do is fix our small mistakes and we could be even better than uh, than the record shows. So I'm just hoping, well, I'm not hoping, I know these guys are going to, they're going to be better than they were last year. I can't promise like certain games or, <laughs> because you never know how things are going to go. And we do have new players on the team, new freshmen coming in, transfers off the list. So it's going to be a process again for the program. Um, but I think everybody saw that there's something different about where we are now um, and where we could go. 
I, mean, I think it was an exciting year in basketball. I mean, it was very we – we were so used to bruisers. Like, the whole time we've been here, we were here like bruisers first, first year. year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we've mm-hmm. seen the entire um, – like, bruisers' entire catalog of games. So, from the highs to the lows. From the highs yeah. to the lows, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, the style was just so much different. Like, we were just grinded out, you know, bruiser style, grinded out, low scoring. Mm-hmm. And this was just, I don't know, it was, you're getting, you're dunking all over the place and <laughs> we're scoring all over, we're firing up threes. I mean, mm-hmm. it was fun to watch. So even mm-hmm. when we were losing some games, it was like, okay, you know, this is the first year we're transitioning into it. And like seeing that was Yeah, uh, I mean, you impressive. definitely can see it. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, nobody wants to lose in style, but we look better than we have. Mm-hmm. We've been more excited. I think all you have to do is just win those games. The bus will be back in the seats and, and you know, basketball will be very exciting again. Um, but like you said, a lot of people just seen a certain way. Uh, we played basketball over the years and just, even just to see something new. My man Bruce was there for 15 years. So that's, that's so long. And that's, you know, that's such a great accomplishment. And, um, even though like things parted ways, uh, the fans wanted to see something new. And I think they're getting that. Um, and so it made, it made the season exciting. I'm not going to say it, it was dreadful. Uh, the six win season was dreadful. And, you know, when you're not being able to win, you're losing probably eight games by, you know, a couple baskets and things aren't rolling your way. And you're playing the system and uh, maybe it doesn't like as a big, I didn't think maybe it didn't fit me in the best way. Just a lot of things go through. But being able to stretch the floor and, you know, fast break, barely running plays, just dunking and getting the crowd and just a lot of things that made basketball more exciting. And so that can only go nowhere but up. And now that the system has a year to be in place, uh, I think that it's going to be even better because there's a lot of times where, you know, we were out there, but we didn't know exactly what we were doing. <laughs> so, <laughs> and Kirk's not a freshman anymore. He's going to be able to tell you, you go there, you be there. And it won't have to be me or somebody like that where who doesn't have the ball all the time. Uh, so it's just, it's exciting. I think it's exciting where the program's going. I think there's a positive buzz around. Uh, what's going on? So, what was kind of your mindset when you heard about the bruising news? Like, where are you at? How how did you feel about it when it actually happened? Because that's like, as you're going oh, yeah. to senior year, that's a that's a big change. And from our perspective, I think we all saw it kind of coming too. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, and towards like the middle of the season, we started seeing more suit and ties at the game. I was like, oh, like <laughs> it's getting hot or something. <laughs> something <laughs> happened because obviously, uh, I know bruise bruise not. And, you know, Bruce smart. He, he knew that, okay, it might, it might be coming to an end. Um, never stop co- coaching us hard. Always tried to win everything, put everything on the line, which is something I appreciate about him. Even when things were going bad, he never kind of gave up on us and we weren't playing well. But um, I kind of started to prepare myself for it. Once I started seeing suit and ties, I said they must be raising money. I, I know how all this stuff works. So, um you know, we played as hard as we could, and once the end of the season comes, you kind of just listen in. You don't talk to the coaches about it or anybody else about it. Um, the players kind of talk and just say, okay, just prepare yourself. This could happen. And so I think it was like a day after we lost. I don't know. But took us all to the locker room and just told us, you know, that he got fired today and that he just wanted to thank all of us for letting him coach, you know, coach us. And we kind of thanked him for the opportunity because without him, I wouldn't even have a scholarship there. So. Um, it was just sad. I was very sad. And, you know, I've been with him for three years, was very close to him. Um, and so the initial, I was just, you know, I was just kind of down. Uh, but I knew that the program just kind of needed to change. 
15 years is 15 years. And, uh, you know, even maybe Brew needed to change. Things weren't going well, so sometimes you just have to go in a new direction. And Brew kind of reiterated to us in the locker room that this is business. And, you know, that's how things work. Uh, you don't produce or at a certain level, you get a pink slip. That's just how things work. And he's a very straightforward guy, and we got it. Um, but, you know, I know I personally was very, very sad, um, but knew that as a leader, as a senior, I needed to show that I was okay. So to make sure guys are doing what they were supposed to be doing while they were searching for coaches and kind of try to just step up and be the best leader I could be at that um, hard time. But it was very difficult, especially when somebody's brought you in and, you know, when you had your home visit, he's eating dinner at your house. So it was just, <laughs> <laughs> he was just a great guy. And you hate to see stuff like that happen in certain situations. But, you know, at the end of the day, it is business. But uh, it, was, it was very sad for me. But I'm glad he's doing well now. Yeah, it seems like he's laying on his feet. Yeah, <laughs> he's always laying on his feet. <laughs> <laughs> while uh, while you were like kind of keeping the locker room, like telling the guys, like let's keep doing this. Were you was there any any ever entertaining of other offers from other schools? Did you consider that at all? Yeah, I mean, um, right away I kind of talked to my dad. I was like, should I leave? Like, you know, because I don't know who they're gonna bring in. This is my last year to show my stuff. Like, should I go? Um, and you have a quick timeline to make those decisions, too. Yeah, and I started getting texts from, like, you know, my AAU coaches saying, hey, guess who called or blah, blah, blah. blah. And I just kind of just sat back and I thought about it first because I said if I transfer, I have to sit out of here because I didn't graduate early. Do you really want to be 24 when you graduate? And when you try to go pro, you're even older and teams – might say, I don't want that old guy. That's kind of what happened mm-hmm. with Dame. Dame should have been drafted, but they said he was old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and kids are getting, you know, going to pros 18, 19. So I didn't want to be that guy who had to sit out. I didn't want to do that. And I said, you never know who they're going to bring in. It could be somebody to help you, you know. So, and I love the school so much. Had my major entrepreneurship. I just, I had so many ties to the, to the school and I kind of became a part of the program. So I said that I was just going to stick it out. And that whatever happens, happens. And I was happy with that. And once they actually announced that they were hiring Coach Spiker, I just reached out to him right away, um, called him, let him know who I was, uh, told him that I was a senior leader and that anything he needed as far as the team standpoint, I'm your guy and like that type of stuff, just to kind of get the ball rolling because I decided, okay, you're going to stay. You're going to stick this out. You know, you love where you are. Do what you can to make it the best year possible. Um, so that's kind of what I did from the jump and that's what I've been doing since the season started and ended and just trying to be that guy. Um, cause I honestly, I just love drugs. I love Philly. So when those thoughts came to my mind, of course they come right away when stuff like that goes down. But after talking to my family and my friends and I just decided that, Hey, just stay here and stick it out. This is your senior year. You don't have to sit out. You can just ball out. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the approach I took and. Ended up playing pretty well, so I'm kind of I'm very glad I stayed and didn't have to go to a new situation and try to figure it out from there. But there are there were other schools or other places that obviously try to contact you, but I think staying at Drexel probably was the best thing for me, even though wins and losses, and all that stuff happened. But I played very well, um, played at a high level, even when we played bigger schools. So 
Uh, I don't regret it at all. I think that was a great decision just to stay here and stick it out and keep representing the program the best way I know how. Well, we're glad you stayed here. Yeah. <laughs> we got to see you play in a whole different system and actually be yeah. in like uh, – it was almost like seeing a different side of you. To I told you, but I said you, you would have gave me – uh, Coach Spiker, like two years ago, <laughs> it would have been crazy in here. You'd be yeah. shooting 37% from three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, I, cause I mean, I always like dunk the ball and stuff, but like, I felt like this year I was just always in the air. I was like, <laughs> yeah, no, you were. And it was, it was great as a fan to see that other side of, uh, you, you know, the other side of your basketball skills. Cause for the most, you know, you, to a certain extent, you were limited to in the bruiser offense to certain things that we'd already seen probably for years already with mm-hmm. other players. But with the Spiker system, we got to see a whole different side of you, which as a fan, we were glad you stayed, mm-hmm. without a doubt. But in that same context, you stayed. We have a nine-game uh, win season. Um, it's uh, time for the CA honors at the end of the year. And uh, you don't get picked on the first team or the second Mm-mm. team, <laughs> <laughs> which, which for us was a whole point of contention because leading up to that announcement, we were absolutely sure you were going to make the first team. Yeah. Well, three of us were. <laughs> <laughs> three of us were absolutely sure you were going to make the first team. The only person that didn't think you would make the first team was too scared to be on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and, and we thought Kirk would actually get you know a CAA. Uh, I guess freshman, year. freshman of the year, and uh, how much do you think the record had to play into that versus the actual? Oh, it I definitely. Guess. I mean, yeah. it definitely had everything to do with yeah. it. Yeah, I'm telling you, I was I was heated. Uh, we were uh, we were practicing in Charleston, getting ready for the game. We were at like Charleston Southern, and Coach Lake brings everybody in the circle, and he's like, "We had uh, two guys make um, CAA teams." I'm like, "Me and Kirk." Like, okay. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Kirk, all rookie. It was like clapping. I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, awesome. He's like, Rodney. And I was like, waiting for the first team. Waiting for the first team, but we'll be okay with the second team. Yeah, yeah. I know we didn't win. He was like, third team. And my heart, like, just dropped. I was just so angry, man. I, like, my third team, like, paper they gave me, I threw it in the trash because I just didn't think I deserved it. I thought I put everything on the line. I was top six in almost every category, but like, assists, like, I, field goal percentage blocks, points, rebounds. And anybody I went to or any team we played against, you had to send two or three people at me just to just to stop me. And so mm-hmm. I felt like these coaches that voting there are at least gonna give me second team. Like I saw even like last year when Marvin King Davis played, we're from the same area and he had a great season. But they Delaware didn't. And he had third team. I said, okay, like that might happen to me, but like no way. Like Everybody can tell I was the best big in the league this mm-hmm. year. Like, me and Brantley were up there. Like, I said, there's no way that I'm not going to make – well, there was a way I wasn't going to make first team. I was like, there's no way I'm not going to make second team. And so, third team kind of just took me over where I was like, I think everybody knows, you know, I deserve way more than that. Um, but at the end of the day, wins and losses is a big factor in everything. So, I just kind of had to put it out of my mind. But, you know, we all know – I think everybody knows, like, I was way better than 13. Absolutely. <laughs> Especially absolutely. this year. Uh, but that's just that's just the way the game goes. And all that stuff, I mean, it would have helped me as far as, like, getting jobs in Europe and stuff because they want to know. A lot of teams are questioning me, like, is this kid even a winner? I'm just like, 
man, you don't understand. Like, this coaching situations, mm-hmm. changes. Injuries. Yeah, injuries. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, if you would have known my Drexel story, you wouldn't say that. But that's just how it is. Everybody loves a winner. And, and you know, once you get into awards and end of the years, end of the season stuff, you are going to be judged by your record. And so even though we were we weren't where we wanted to be, I know, and I think everybody who played knows, like, Rod deserves at least second team. Absolutely. <laughs> at least second team. You can't be top six in every category, almost every category, not. But that's just how the how the thing goes. So I just take it with a grain of salt. Another chip on my shoulder. Just another thing I have to prove that I'm better than you think I am. So uh, it was just the situation to me uh, that I decided to put myself in, which I don't regret at all. You know, another freshman point guard, um, new coach, new players, players going out, players coming in, new system, all that stuff. So I just took it and we did what we did. You know, we, our record was what it was, but from an individual standpoint, I think that if it's an individual award, you should award the individual. Uh, and so just if you're going off stats, averaging almost like 16, seven deserves yeah. 50, 52%. Yeah. Deserves at least second team, but hey, you know. <laughs> no argument here, man. Now, we couldn't believe it. I was like, third team, this is a joke. I mean, uh, this I was, is just ridiculous. Was also, for no bigs in the league to make first team. Yeah, there was no bigs yeah. in the first team. Yeah, no, seriously. <laughs> that actually was the only way I thought you were not going to make the first team. I was like, yeah. we actually had a bet. Yeah. Between me and Nick, who's not here. And I was like, he's going to make first team unless there's no bigs on the first team at all. Mm-hmm. And then it happened, and then I figured, you know, you're surely going to be on the second yeah. team, and then nothing. Once the once the season kind of went out and I and I went like I always check where I was in the league as far as scoring and stuff and I was like okay I'm battling like Flemings for this spot or Ingram for this spot so I kind of was trying to fill out where I would be at the end of the year because one of my goals was to make first team that's from the jump so I was like am I almost there and towards the end of the season I said okay Rod I mean if they go by positions okay you should get it you know you're a senior forward you're putting up numbers you should get it. If they go off anything else, you at least will make second team. Like, don't worry about it. You'll make second team. So I kind of convinced myself on second team, maybe first. So third kind of hurt my heart, but it is what it is, politics. <laughs> I never thought about the fact that, all right, they announce these awards, but I never thought about the players themselves, like thinking about these awards right before you're about to go into the tournament that basically decides, like, are you going to make it to March? Are you going to, yeah. is your season over? Is it that is it difficult to compartmentalize or is it better to use that for motivation when you don't end up first or second team? Yeah. I mean, I think it's better to use it for motivation. I mean, since I've been at Drexel, Drexel players have always had the chip on their shoulder. Um, mm-hmm. Whether it, it can be anything, the big five thing, all that stuff <laughs> just makes you angry. So I, I try to use it as motivation and, and just to keep, doing what I'm doing. If you look at my numbers, I've gotten better every single year. Mm-hmm. And so it's just another thing just to add to the toolbox and just to keep going. Um, you know, my dad told me like papers don't matter. Um, and I believe that it's just something that I wanted because when you set out to do a goal, put a goal for yourself and, you know, you stay in a situation that you could have left that, you know, you could have been winning somewhere else, but you know, you bet on yourself and you did well and you didn't get what you deserve. Uh, it sucks. And obviously for like, Europe, I knew that would help me because they'll see, okay, this kid's first team. We'll get more money. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> it's like okay. That's, I mean, part of the reason why I wanted it, but I also wanted it because I remember Bruiser told me in the locker room, he was like, there's only one 
um, all league player in this locker room, and it's me. And he was like, talk. <laughs> he was like, talk, jump to me. And he was like, none of y'all can say anything to me because I'm the only all league player. So I always tell him, like, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. <laughs> even my junior year, if we would have won more games, I think I would at least got 13 because I did okay. But this last season, I said, I'm like, as soon as I make it, I'm going to tag the brew. know <laughs> we have two all league players. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, I made one. I made 13. So, I mean, it's still an accomplishment. Nothing to, you know, put my head down mm-hmm. about. But do I think I deserve more? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we agree. Yep. Uh, when you come into a school like Drexel, you were just talking about playing overseas. Do Did Bruiser and the staff kind of talk about those opportunities? Because he has a track record of getting guys playing overseas. Is that brought up when you're... Yeah, I mean, um, as a freshman... Um, he told me I, I had the tools to do it. It's just about how you work. Um, and every year we would have an end of the year meeting. He would tell me, this is where you are. If you want to be here, this is where you need to be. Um, you need to shoot, you know, like 70 from the free throw line. All this different stuff he would give me on an index, index card and say, go do it. Um, and he said, if you do it, you can make some money for yourself. And so I kind of started to believe after, really after my junior year, that, okay, like, I'm doing okay. Like, I I can go make some money with this. And I saw like Darte and all these guys making money. I said, I can do that. You know, I played alongside these guys. I've gotten better. And so it's kind of something that, you know, he pushed for because he knew I can do it. Um, never would try to make you say, you know, this is, this is what you need to do. Um, but it was kind of instilled in my mind that I would have the opportunity. And then once um, I started putting up numbers this year, I was like, definitely, I'm a lock for this. Uh, so... You know, it was instilled from an early time when I arrived on campus because he told me that I had potential to do it. And so just to be able to accomplish it is great. And uh, Brew talked to me, you know, when it happened. Everybody in the old staff congratulated me and basically telling me we knew this was going to happen just because just of the type of kid you are, you know, the way you work and the tools you had. And so just to be able to accomplish it for even both staffs is just kind of exciting. And I believe both of them put me in the position to do so. Mm-hmm. And I can't wait to, to just start this journey, really. I just want to get back on the court. I haven't played. A, I mean, I played pickup, but I haven't played for something in a long time. <laughs> it feels like forever. It's only been a couple of months, but I'm really ready to play again. Have you seen any, like, footage of a team you're going to play for? Like, I don't know what type of environment you'll be going into or yeah, anything I mean, like that. Honestly, it's been more so word of mouth. I really haven't seen any, like, film of guys or, or anything like that. It's kind of hard when, for Europe, to be honest. You just send them your clips. They either like you or they don't. Um, but that's where Sammy comes in and him telling me this is how it's going to be, uh, making it easy for me. So not a lot of people can run into a situation like that. Uh, and so really having him is just going to make it easier. He just told me, you know, just play to your strength. You can put the ball in the basket. You can get better at what you do. And uh, and so that's kind of what I'm focused on, just being aggressive. Uh, I talked to the coach and the GM, and they just talked about how uh, – athletic I am, the way I can get to the basket, I'm crafty in the uh, in the paint, and uh, they like how I stretch my game out. They want me to stretch to the three, obviously they said that, but just the, the progression of my game from freshman to senior has been amazing, they say, and uh, just want me to be aggressive and score the ball for them, so I mean, if anybody tells you to do that, <laughs> it's uh, something that's going to be exciting, so uh, just have to just learn my role and learn it off of Sammy and uh, become the player that I know I can be, and that just comes through hard work. What were some of your most memorable like moments at Drexel, as far as like maybe like a big game or like 
I, mean, I know we've seen a lot of highlights over this season, but yeah, um, um, well, definitely Madison Square Garden, freshman year, <laughs> beat Alabama, <laughs> should have beat Arizona. Yeah. Oh, that beats me up. I'll never forget that. But yeah, should have beat Arizona. Um, beat Alabama was great, and just to play in the arena like that was amazing, especially as a freshman. Uh, and then one of my favorite games was actually our first home game this year against uh, oh Hartford. Okay. It was Hartford. Mm. That was and, the first home game, right? Yeah, and the stands were filled. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I'm tell, I, I used to tell guys, it used to be like that all the time. You, know? <laughs> so you don't know. It used to be like that all the time. You know, Obviously, the more games you win, the more people. And if you don't, I always tell the freshmen, I said, this is how it's going to go. First game is going to be rocking. People are going to support you. They're going to support you based off what you do after that. And so um, we have to get the DAC back to where it was. Um the more support, the better you play, to be honest. And so that first game, um, the stands were filled. The marketing team did a great job with the game. And we actually ended up playing very well. And so mm-hmm. that was a great game. I remember I had one of my – probably my favorite dunk at Drexel where I, like, got the rebound. This is, like, the first quarter, our first half, got the rebound. Just took, like, one bounce in the middle and just went up and just hammered it with one hand. It was like I remember I looked like in slow motion. I was looking at the crowd just screaming like man. It's like, yeah, I'm here. That's my senior year. I'm here. Um but yeah, it's, well that's one of my uh very memorable moments. And also um scoring uh twenty twenty four at, at Rutgers this past year. Mm-hmm. Um just because I think I've had more of an opportunity to have the team myself to myself this year. Uh and so you know, my freshman year, it was Franz and Fouch, and that it was their team. It's fine. Second year, it was Dame's team. And then my junior year, more so Tavon's show. And so finally, senior year, I kind of had my I'm the leader, I'm the guy. And uh, a lot of my most memorable games, even though we didn't do as well, kind of came this year um, just based off of me being able to do what I thought I could do uh, and finally be able to step into that role as the, the guy for the team. Um, so definitely the Madison Square Garden is number one. And, but that Hartford game this year and all the fans, and that uh, was great. Oh, the St. Joe's game. I went, You know, we we lost to St. Joe's like by three points the past three years <sighs> combined. Kills me. That's the team I hate losing to most besides it Delaware. Kills me. And I was getting recruited by St. Joe's, and it came down between St. Joe's and Drexel. And uh, – Martelli kind of did some stuff where he said they wanted me to commit the day after. And I went, I was at home and I was like, I mean, big decision. I don't want to just decide like that. And he said, well, if you don't decide, then we're going to um, allow some other kid to have the right to the scholarship. And if he takes it first, then that's it. So I didn't like that. And I was like, why are you going to, I'm, you know, I'm 18 year old kid, just came with canvas. Why are you going to try to make me you know, do that? And so Bruiser never did that with me. And so I, so I'm just going to go to Drexel and, from that point on, I was like, I hate St. Joe's. <laughs> so I said, I said, every time I play them, I need to like, I, we have to win. So these past couple of years, we you know we lost. I remember we played them at home, big home opener, a lot of fans lost by one. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had Bembry. He was he was, mm-hmm. he was good in the NBA, but we should have won that one. And then at there, I mean, we lost by one at home there. And so this year, I was like, I'm going off. Like I'm not. I didn't sleep before that game. I was like, I'm. I had to. Like beat the Hawks, I can't go out not <laughs> winning, and so I mean I had a great game like twenty nine ten or whatever it was. Um, I mean there's just some small stuff where you, it just doesn't happen, it doesn't go your way. Yeah. 
And after the like the buzzer went off, I was like, we really lost these guys the last three years by three points. Like that just sums up how things have been going. Because yeah. <laughs> you know these, you know, you look at teams they they're the Big Five and we're the City Six. They made that up for us. That's how I feel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so whenever we play a Philadelphia team, like it's war. And so uh, I just hate that we weren't be able to beat them like we should. Cause we were better. We lost to Penn. We shouldn't have lost them. We haven't lost them in years. Yeah. And uh, but I love playing the Philadelphia games, so those are also memorable, good and bad. Uh, but there was nothing like that Madison Square Garden triple overtime game. I think that's going to go down as one of the greatest in history for real for the program. So I'll never forget that and that moment that we shared, even though we should have beat Arizona <laughs> as well and played Duke in the championship. Could you hear when we were up, what was it, like 19 at one point? Could you hear, like, even though Drexel fans are outnumbered, like, 10 yeah. to 1, yeah. could you hear us in the stands? Oh, we can hear y'all because everybody else was silent. They didn't believe, <laughs> they didn't believe they what was going, going on. And honestly, I did, I mean, that was my first big game as a freshman. Mm-hmm. So, I'm coming in, like, I'm used to playing in small gyms, high school, playing in Madison Square Garden, and all of a sudden, Fouch just starts going crazy. I'm mm-hmm. just like, yo, who is this guy? Like, Because I mean, <laughs> a lot of times, Fouch couldn't practice as much because he's trying to reserve his body. Mm-hmm. And we got uh, the game started going. I was just like, wow, like, this guy, Fouch is, you know, we were up at like 27 at one point, I think. He was that just was going crazy. off. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. Then, like, you know, you guys are screaming, we hear, and then Bruce hyping us like, yeah, they're soft, they're soft. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, and stepping the next. So we're like, yeah. <laughs> and then like Dame gets hurt, like, all right, oh, like, okay. Dame gets hurt, Darte gets in foul trouble. Mm-hmm. And then Nick Johnson just starts kind of going crazy. It was like, okay, now it's a game. And we're going back and forth, back and forth. And so, you know, once it got tight, they them having more more athletes, more than that, like kind of took over the game rather than what we did at first. And so I, I believe if Dame when it got hurt, we would have won the CAA that year. To be honest, we had that was too much fire. Yeah. Uh, but Dame getting hurt, uh, and then that season we went, you know, Darte hurt his calf, and Fauci was already banged up all the time, and so injuries with that team. Mm-hmm. That's probably that. I mean, obviously that was the best team I played on. But even if these teams were better, I would still say. That was the best thing I played on because, you know, with Franz, you can just say, take the ball, get out of the way. Mm-hmm. Fouch, you know he's going to make a shot. Um, and then I was able to learn from guys like Darte and Kaz. So, if they wouldn't have got hurt that year, I always tell my parents, if he wouldn't have got hurt, I would have been in the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's some, sometimes it's how things shake out. But uh, that game, oof, if there was ever a time to make a statement, that was it. Yeah. I mean, we were – we were in the stands with that one, and then we were just going crazy. I couldn't even believe it. Like, we didn't even know what to expect, really. We come and play in Arizona. They were number yeah. two in the country at the time, I think. Yeah, I think they were number two four. Two or four, yeah. Two or four. And we were just beating the hell out of them. It yeah. was like, this is... It was out of this world. It yeah. felt yeah. easy. It surreal. Yeah. It yeah. Felt, yeah, definitely. It was like, so yo, surreal. this is easy. What's going on? Like, <laughs> I mean, obviously, they underestimated us, uh, yeah. which a lot of teams do. We've done it before. Obviously, science is, uh, is the worst game ever. Do you think Bruce's defense has a lot to do with that? Like... They just don't expect yeah. that kind of tenacious D from a mid-major? Yeah, I don't think they did. And, uh, you know, the Scott report was very detailed. We knew Bruiser made – he makes sure that you know what everybody does. And he'll go around the room and ask you, what does your player do? Um, so we were very prepared for them, and that was our first game. So we had multiple time to prepare for them. Alabama, we only had one night to prepare for them, so it was mm-hmm. different. But we were very prepared because we knew, all right, we're playing Arizona in a couple of weeks. Let's get to it. Multiple weeks to prepare – you know how to guard everything. 
Um, and so I don't think they were they were ready for us to be calling out their plays and knowing what they're going to do. You know, mm-hmm. they say something for us like, you know, they're running four for us, like four or four, and we know exactly what they're going to do. Um, and so we were very prepared. Uh, I think just offensively, we took a hit when Dane went down. Mm-hmm. They can kind of, you know, hedge hard on Franz. Um, Fouch was doing unbelievable things, but you can't do that all game. So it was yeah. Dane was supposed to be that other option after Fouch kind of cooled off. Um, and then with Darte getting hurt and, and Cass didn't even play that game, I don't believe, because he was had a concussion. Mm. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, Cass got hurt something, but at Rutgers, Cass got hurt. Uh, and so I was thrown into the fire. Um, I probably, I mean, I did okay, but I wasn't like a scoring person. I was just like rebound, block shots, run the floor. Uh, but, you know, things happen and, you know, we, everybody in the Jackson family wants that game back. But uh, at least we know they were capable of competing at that level with those type of players, the guys who go on the lottery to the NBA. Yeah. Um, so that was definitely one of the most memorable games, but you know, beating Alabama, triple overtime. I remember people just yelling for us to get off the court because they want to see Duke and Jabari Parker. Play. They're like, please win. Like, somebody win. <laughs> but that was an amazing feeling. And Brew was crying after the game, just telling us how much he believed us. He knew he could do it. Um, and so I'll never forget that moment. Yeah, I think, I mean, that was a memorable moment for everybody. Man. Yeah. That triple overtime, we were the only ones who, like, wanted to keep going. But it was just like... Everyone else around us, like you said, was like, oh, just yeah. get off the court. Like, yeah. Yeah. This is crazy, but that was that was amazing. Yeah. But losing Dame, I mean, that's, I mean, he's. It's hard to recover from one of your best players going Yeah, out. I mean, he's yeah. one of the best players in Georgia history, too. I mean, this guy is, you can't just lose a guy at this level or any level, really, and, yeah. and still and still have the same expectations. Mm-hmm. To that point, what did it, what kind of blow was it when he decided to leave the program? Like, did he break the news to any of you guys first or was it? Yeah. Um, well, he told us that he was leaving. He didn't say where he was going or anything. He just said, you know, I decided just to test it somewhere else. And originally, you know, I, was, I wasn't mad, but I was like, ah, like, come on, Dane. Like, we, it was already hard, but like, it's going to be even harder without you because mm-hmm. we have to reinvent ourselves because everything was for you. <laughs> Every play was for you, to be honest. Uh, but I understood where he where he stood and his points. And he had been at Drexel before he graduated, so it's not like he just skipped out. He just wanted to start try something new. And you see that a lot of times with guys who had his production, who want to test themselves at the highest level. Um, and when you're you know you're being talked about going to the NBA, like you want to test yourself. Uh, and so we understood where Dame was and where he stood, and we did nothing but support him. Um, initially, the coaching staff was basically, you know, shocked and, you know, a little, little maybe a little pissed, maybe, you know, just a little frustrated because that guy scored 21 a game, fourth leading score in the country. You don't want to lose that. Right. You know, you're trying to win games. Uh, but I think everybody around the program kind of just understood. And then Dane was just a good kid. He didn't, he never caused any problems. He was always uh, complying with anything Jocks was asking to do. So it's kind of more of a thank you for everything you've done for me. And I'm just going to finish this last year. Try something new. Um, got your degree from Jocks, you graduated. So feel free to do what you do. You want to do what's best for you. If you want to, if you don't want to be here anymore and you want to try something new, it's better for you to say that and do it rather than to hurt the team and, um, not be happy where you are. 
Um, so we love Dan. I, I talk to him all the time. He's dating Steph Curry's sister. He's, he's living. <laughs> <laughs> I know from a fan perspective, like I messaged him after it happened and I was like, dude, it sucks to lose you, but yeah. like, I totally get it. Like, go go tear it up at Louisville. It sucks that he ended up at a program that got sanctioned. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That, That's just such horrible luck. Yeah. Louisville pretty much screwed him over with that. Yeah. Man. yeah. I mean, obviously, there's some jokes he would like, aha, there you go. Mm-hmm. But uh, for him, because I know he really just wanted to be in the tournament, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, obviously, that school would have gave him the best chance to do that. Things happened. That, that, was, that was sad. I was really sad for him because I wanted to see him play at that level, get to the tournament, you know. Play his way into the draft. Yeah. And uh, to have that happen, and even the other kid, Trey, uh, that went with him, because I remember Cleveland State, we played them. Uh, Felt bad for both of them because that's kind of the reason they went there. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, things happen. I think Dame's used to having things happen. Um, So now he's, he's, I mean, he's fine. He's rehabbing his knee, tore another one, so he's rehabbing Hopefully, he'll be back on the court sooner than later. He's still in the Celtics system, right? Yeah, he's playing for the main Red Claws. Um, I don't know the terms of his deal, but I think he has one more after he gets healthy. Yeah. Uh, he'll be back then, and I'm sure he'll be in the Sun League next year if he's healthy and try to figure out something. Again, with the Steph Curry connection, man. <laughs> I said, hey, man. I said, do not mess this up. <laughs> do not mess this up. You have two ways. It was funny. I, he sent me a video. He was on the yacht and I uh, took some Caicos with Steph. Oh, <laughs> and he's like, just smiling. I was like, yeah, life's good, man. <laughs> Life is really good. Oh, man. It's funny because she went to Elon. So she used to come to our games. Yeah. And I saw Dame Dong, but I never knew who she was until like I saw her last name one day and I was like, she does kind of look. I said, Dame, is that um, Steph Curry? So she's like, yeah, but I'm not dating her because of that. I'm not dating her because of that. <laughs> so I didn't say you were. <laughs> yeah, but can't wait to see him back on the court when he uh, gets fully healthy. Who's your uh, – we know you're a huge Eagles fan. Who's your NBA team? I don't really have one. I was always a football fan growing up. Yeah. Um, I didn't start playing basketball to ninth grade, so mm. I'm a late bloomer. But um, my favorite player is Carmelo, mm. so I'm just hoping he uh, – Gets gets out of <laughs> gets out of New York, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I just like players, kind of just watching players. Uh, but yeah, my favorite is Carmelo. But when it comes to like teams and stuff, I just stick to Eagles. All yeah. about the Eagles. How'd that happen growing up in Virginia? Yeah, when I when I played um, football back in the day, I was a quarterback, and I liked Don McNabb. He's huh. my favorite player uh, in elementary school. So like, I want to be like Don McNabb. And that's kind of how the Eagles connection just kind of right. came in. As soon as he got drafted, cause I saw him in college. And I was like, yeah, he's like, he's playing. He's cool. Yeah. He got drafted to the Eagles. I said, I'm an Eagles fan. I love him. Like, <laughs> I had a number five, all yeah. that stuff. And then once I had the chance to come to Philly, I was like, well, I can go to Eagles game. Like, <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, I just, I just ended up loving the Eagles from an early age and just kept at it. Um, and NFL is kind of in, I don't know. I just love the NFL. Uh, NBA is more of a player's league. So I just, like players rather than teams. Yeah. I love LeBron and that type of stuff, but uh, when it comes to just a team, team sport, team, whatever, I love the Eagles, yeah. love the NFL, and I hopefully I can tune in. <laughs> <laughs> 3 a.m. football yeah. games. Yeah. It's funny, uh, Don McNabb, uh, I guess 
showed up to the gym that I go to in LA uh, a couple times and he holds the record at the gym for the shoulder press. Really? <laughs> it's like on this whiteboard oh, up yeah, on yeah, the side of the, yeah. He was always a big guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I had, I had a chance to, while I was here to go to like Eagles games and stuff. And I'm a big Michael Vick guy because he's from my area. Oh, yeah. So, I bought a Vick jersey as soon as he uh, became an Eagle. <laughs> I mean, I'm probably going to the game on Thursday for one last one last shot. But yeah. I uh, always loved the Eagles. And then having the scholarships in Philadelphia kind of just made it easy for me to be around the team and just uh, learn more, listen to sports radio in Philly, like all that type of stuff. <laughs> so, I, I definitely love the Eagles. Was there any love for like the VCUs of the world growing up in Virginia? Did you yeah, look I to mean, try and go there at I all? I thought I was going to go there, to be honest. Um, you know, they came to my all my high school games. They come 6 a.m., watch me work out. Uh, and so I was like, I'm going to VCU. Like, they just won. I mean, they just went to the Final Four. And actually, I watched them play Drexel and Coliseum. Like, yeah. So that's, that's when I kind of first knew about Drexel. I was like, oh, they're pretty good. Like, in that finals game? Yeah, because like, I never knew who they were. I figured that out quick. But, yeah, I thought I was going to VCU. Shaka was always in my at my high school. And then all of a sudden, he just stopped talking to me. I'm just like, the heck? Like, all right, you always you come to my school every day and say, I want to see you in the black and gold. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you just stopped talking to me. And then, like, I always had a grudge against VCU. I never liked VCU from that point on. That was, like, my sophomore year. So, junior senior, I hated VCU. I didn't like him. Um, and then I saw Shaka in the street one day and I was home. And I was like, let me say something to him. <laughs> <laughs> I, said, I said, yo, what, like, just, we're, you know, I'm already in school now. Like, just tell me, like, why? Like, why'd you stop talking to me? And he said, uh, you just didn't run well enough. He's like, you, you know, we play, pre- we press the entire game. We run like a zealot. He said, that's not your game. You're more of a half court type of guy. So Bruiser would really help you. I said, yeah, that makes sense because I don't like. To, I mean, I'm not. I'm not that running type guy, especially the way they play. Said, said, why you just didn't say that to me <laughs> instead of making me hate you guys? Honest, just goes. He's like, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so now like, I go there when I go home. I work out there. I know guys. Yeah. Uh, Moali Cox is one of my guys. Hmm. He's in the NFL now, but now the relationship with VCU is better. I I thought I was gonna go to William and Mary to be honest. And that's kind of where I wanted to go. And it was supposed to be me, Dixon, and Pruitt together. Um, but then just kind of, that's kind of waited. And I didn't want to pull the trigger on it. Uh, and then the kid, Jack Whitman, committed there. And they called me and said, you know, they had a kid commit there. So the scholarship's called. I'm like, ah, okay. I still have some good stuff on the table. Um, and then they called me back like next week. It's like, we have a guard scholarship. We'll take you as a guard. <laughs> I said, see, they really want me. But I just still didn't know. I was like, yeah, like, there's so many bigs on the team. Like, I just go somewhere else. Uh, so that's that's where I really was supposed to go. And I was supposed to – I know Dix, I knew Dixon because he's from Virginia. So I was supposed to go there. Uh, but then I just ended up choosing Drexel after my visit. And I met Major. And things kind of flowed. Met Franz and other guys. Uh, they took me to, like, a haunted house on my visit. The prison – Oh, I used to yeah. work there. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> they took me there on my visit. I was like, these dudes are fun. So <laughs> <laughs> they kind of like, after my visit here, I just said, told Wayne and Mary now. And, you know, I was going to go to Drexel. So every time we played Wayne and Mary, I had to like try to get them or like, <laughs> try to put up numbers so they can't say, you should have came here. 
I think I actually remember you coming through the haunted house with those guys yeah. when I was like a zombie prison guard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's his name? Daryl was with Daryl's with us too. Yeah. Big Daryl. Um, yeah. So it was like me and Daryl and Franz and Fouch. They, I thought that was pretty cool because I, I told him I like stuff like that. And yeah. It's kind of, I felt like anything that I wanted or needed, like Brew was making it happen. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that along with guys make me feel welcome and even taking time to do stuff like that. Daryl's a senior. Why would you want to hang out with a recruit? Because yeah. usually when the recruits come around, you got to pass them off to somebody, <laughs> especially when you're older. Um, so that was special to me and uh, kind of helped me get here as well. I can't see Daryl being very afraid of the zombies. He's like, towering over <laughs> You know, he was lighting his feet, though. <laughs> He's doing well for himself, yeah. doing security for uh, yeah, security Amber Rose. Day. Yeah, 21 really? Savage. I didn't really? see that. Yeah, he uh, puts all these pictures of him on TMZ out. <laughs> I, was, I, I haven't seen that. Oh, yeah. yeah he fit, if there's anybody that can fit a bodyguard oh, yeah. style, it's him, six, what, six, nine, Three hundred. I don't know what he is. Two eighty. What he's light on his feet though. When this podcast takes off, we'll hire him for security. <laughs> I've never seen a guy get called for so many fouls just by standing. Yeah, bouncing off. Not even doing anything. I yeah. came on my yeah. uh, on a um, unofficial, and they were playing Georgia State. Uh, and I kind of want to see RJ Hunter because I heard about him too. And guys are just running into him. He wasn't doing anything. They're like foul. He's like, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> so frustrating. They're running into me. <laughs> You, uh, what was your thoughts on the CAA refs? They kind of grew. They grew on me. Um, you start to know guys' names and, and, and different stuff like that. Uh, they changed the rules of the game this past season, and even the season before that, they changed different things every year, trying to make the game go faster, uh, trying to make you know you score more points and different things like that. But it's kind of different, you know, when you're playing on the block. There's there's not, there's no rules to be honest. They just let you bash, in, you know, into each other. And then when you try to defend yourself, you put a chicken wing up or something like that. They call a foul on you. Yeah. And so it's tough for post guys, um, the way they called it. But I thought once, uh, the season got to, to conference play, the CA, CA ref was pretty good. Um, they had a, I guess they had a chance in the preseason to blow their whistles and get kind of used to the flow of the game and they controlled it a lot. But once, you know, playoffs. I mean, CAA play started. Uh, they kind of mo- let you play it out a little bit more. And uh, I really never had any big complaints. I never felt, you know, really cheated mm-hmm. or anything by uh, CAA refs. Maybe I felt like that early on in the preseason by refs I didn't know because you have a lot. Mm-hmm. But CAA refs are pretty good. They, they like to learn who you are. They like to talk to you. And they really try to help you. And because nobody wants to call fouls, nobody wants to stop the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I found that throughout the years, they've been very helpful in trying to help you stay in the game. And which is something that I think I've done better uh, this senior year. I didn't get as many fouls as I used to, but also I stopped trying to block shots as much as I used to because <laughs> they started calling it different. Um, I remember I used to just try to block everything, but this year, and even though he's, he, Spiker kind of switched one through four a lot this year. So I was guarding guards and just trying to use my link rather than trying to block because they'll pump fake or something and I'll get a foul. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wish I would have blocked more shots because I know I probably could have. I just wanted to stay in the game longer because I didn't <laughs> want to become that. I didn't want to be Austin Williams who gets fouled out. <laughs> I thought those rule changes actually were part of the thing that had Bruiser's system like struggle a little bit because I felt like his 
you know, the hard nosed defense that he's always been preaching. Oh yeah. And they started calling that a lot more and I felt like that really hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In general. And, you know, in practice, that's how we practice. So, you know, you, you play how you practice and we, we practice hard like that and physical and so you get in the game and they don't let you do it. You're looking at Brew like, what? Like, I didn't touch him. I didn't do anything. And obviously you did. But I think it's the, just the physicality that we, you know, we practice with. And, you know, the way Bruiser taught it was, you know, the same way it was before. So the rule changes were kind of different. I remember his my junior year, after sophomore season, the guys got a lot of fouls. He brought us in and made us watch, like, this NCAA, like, referee, new rules tape in his office. It's like. This is how they're going to call it. So, y'all got to be smart. We're still going to practice the same, but y'all got to be smart <laughs> of how you how you do things and how you approach the way you play defense. Uh, but it gets hard. It gets harder every year because they're always changing something. Yeah. Uh, but you just have to kind of adjust to it. And so, my adjustment was stop trying to block every shot and just stay down and use your link. Uh, so, you don't get as many fouls and you can stay in the game longer. So, so you said you're leaving to Israel this Thursday, is that right? Next Thursday. Next Thursday. So you gotta, is, is there, what's your last, are you gonna go, I know you mentioned you might yeah. go to the Eagles game. Are you so, gonna get a cheesesteak before you go? What, what's the plan over Wednesday, here? Sips, mm. gonna hang out in the city. Um, hopefully some of my guys come around. Thursday, probably gonna go to the Eagles game. Then Friday and Saturday, I'm, I'm going out in the city. <laughs> I'm already telling whoever's here, like, hey, let's celebrate. Like, cause I didn't get to celebrate when the actual signing happened because I went to Disney. So, mm-hmm. but that's yeah. that's fine. I love Disney World. <laughs> but yeah, this this week I plan to just like enjoy the city, enjoy Philly one last time before um, I head out of here. And so I'm hoping hoping to get uh, with some of my friends. I got Mo Bob Major coming uh, to hang out and. Um, hopefully just have a great time. Just I love Philadelphia. I think it's one of the greatest cities ever. So hey, you agree. Me too. Yeah. I told my girlfriend, she was talking about, you know, they talk about future <laughs> <laughs> future homes and different things. She, and I was like, well. Should we cut this out of the podcast? <laughs> yeah, you're 24, man. I said, you know, in the future, like, I would love to, like, live in Philadelphia. I think I really like it here. <laughs> She's like, no, no, no. She's from D.C., so she's like, yo, we're living in D.C. Mm. I said, I don't know. Philly's kind of growing me, and it really has. Like, at first, I was just like, okay, like, I came from Richmond, so it's a smaller city. Uh, but, like, moving here and, like, being two hours from New York and, like, I'm right across the bridge to go to Jersey. City's nice. I just fell in love with it. So I can't wait for this weekend to just be my last hurrah and just enjoy uh, where I've been for four years and possibly where I could be. After. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't know yet. We'll see how she acts. <laughs> she going to come to Israel? She, she's uh, she's definitely going to visit me. She still has one more year of school. Oh, okay. uh, she's a finance major at Drexel. And, uh, hmm. She just finished her last co-op. So she's doing. She's in class now, hmm. obviously, with the system. And uh, she's going to finish in December. So I'm oh, sure okay. once Christmas comes around, She'll come around. She'll just probably buy in one way and then leave when she wants to leave. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we've been together for actually three years now. And so nice. she's been with me through the ups and the downs of, of playing in school and different things like that. But uh, I'm sure once I get established in my career, she, she'll come wherever I am. Is that tough maintaining that relationship while playing college sports? No, I, I wouldn't say that. Um I just, you have to choose, you know, what you want. And that's what I wanted. I didn't want, to, there's, you know, it can get crazy once you're playing sports and 
to be honest, when you're playing very well, there can be a lot of distractions. So I wanted to limit my distractions and, and to find somebody that, that fit me and that can help me be a better person, be a better player. Um, and she's done that. And so very grateful for her. And uh, I see nothing but positive things. And so I'm glad I actually met, had a chance to meet her. I actually slid in her DMs <laughs> <laughs> in sophomore year. She, I, mean, I only did that because she saw me and she ran. Because she, she heard, she said, basketball players are this, athletes are that. And I was like, that's not me. You don't know me. I'm Rodney. Like, I'm, telling, I'm telling you. like, And so... Every time I would see her, she like walked the other direction. I said, I'm just going to try the Instagram route. <laughs> and then, hey, three years later, it worked. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, we wish you nothing but all the best of luck, man, in your future ventures. Definitely, we yeah. hope, hope we will see more more of you at in Philly. We'd love, yeah, you know, I'd love to see you back here. And yeah. uh, hopefully you still stay involved with the Drexel program. And is there anything, any final words you want to say on the bug? Anything, any shout outs you want to give or? No, I just, uh, grateful for you guys having me on. Um, and, you know, following me throughout my career and supporting me. Um, times haven't been the best as we all have wanted them to be. But, uh, throughout that, Drexel has never wavered on me or the program. Always supported us to the fullest extent. And, um, it's things like this is what you guys are doing to help support the program and to create a buzz. It's kind of what we need. And so I'm very appreciative of that as an alumni or an alum now. Um, and to the guys who are still playing, they appreciate it as well. So we just um, thankful for your support. I'm thankful for you guys' support. And looking forward to a great season for the Dragons, to be honest, for um, coming up this next season. There's a lot of talent on that team and there's a lot of things that could go well. So I'm just ready to follow them from Israel to follow them for wherever I am. And I know you guys are going to do the same. And uh, can't wait for them to succeed. <laughs> <laughs>